The Last Word with Matt Cooper. Today FM. It all happens here. It's Culture Club time and we're continuing our series with politicians and today we're going to Cork South West to the Fianna Fáil TD Christopher O'Sullivan who's also the party's spokesperson on environment, climate action and biodiversity and I also get the impression Christopher that while you've given us loads of choices you maybe you're more of an outdoor man uh, than somebody who sort of stays indoors following cultural pursuits. Um, no, a bit of both. I, like I think what might come across there is I, I love a good movie, um, love music, love rock. Um, we get but, to all but that. But definitely being outdoors and getting outside and obviously birding, bird watching, twitching, call it what you will, is, is certainly one of my main passions. And uh, being where I'm from uh, in West Cork, we're lucky as well to have probably one of the best places on the planet, Matt, to go whale watching, uh, which a lot of people don't know, they don't realise, I suppose they don't associate uh, Ireland, or certainly not Cork, with, with whale watching. But we have... We have some of the, the, the best whale watching in the entire planet where you can see species like fin whales, which is the second biggest animal that has ever lived. Humpback whales, common dolphins, they're here, they're on our doorstep. Um, and I'm lucky enough that I, I do get out quite often to actually see them. So when you go out, how far out do you have to go to see them and how long might you be waiting? And it's a bit like fishing that you could be out for the day and you get to see, like, like fishermen catch nothing, you see nothing. It is, Matt, and I think that's part of the fun. That's part of the enjoyment of it. It's not like SeaWorld where you go and, you know, the killer whales put on the show you actually have to search for these guys and it's an adventure it can be up to four hours long um, for example we did a trip before Christmas in that beautiful crisp weather where the seas were flat cam we had fin whales within one kilometre of, of land which is really close sometimes you have to go 15 to 20 kilometres so it's, it's a huge range but you know it's not for the faint hearted I always say it's, if you're up for an adventure and, and you want a full day out then whale watching is certainly for you and as I said, we're we're lucky to have it on our our doorstep, and we need really need to promote that that we that we do have that. And what about the bird watching? Bird watching is something that I've been into now for I suppose ten or fifteen years, and I, you know when we get to the section on books, I'll, I'll speak a bit more about that. But yeah, it's something that just kind of grabbed hold. I guess I was kind of looking for a hobby. Uh, I tried surfing and failed miserably, nearly drowned. Uh, I tried um, I tried fishing, found it very boring. I didn't have the patience for it. But then birding just just took over. It's this mad habit that, you know, there's less than a thousand people, Matt, I would say, that are, are birders or twitchers in Ireland. There's a very small community. Uh, we all know each other. Uh, where we, every spring and autumn, we take to headlands and remote islands looking for, you know, rare vagrants that have been blown off course and they, they shouldn't be there. And there's some weird kind of uh, um, thrill that we get from from finding them. And um, it's something that I'm still very much into, even I managed to combine it with the political world somehow. Um, I don't spend as much time doing it as I used to, but it's certainly something that uh, I love and, and have a great passion for. Is it a form of mindfulness in the way that you're, you're out in nature and you are patiently waiting to see something? Yeah, and it depends on the definition of mindfulness, but if you take the definition that mindfulness is, is being in the moment, then definitely because when you're looking for that rare American passerine that's blown off course, you know, you're judging the wind conditions, you're judging the, um, you know, the, the temperature, you're judging, you know, what type of habitat that this bird might be found in. You're taking all of this on board and you become very cognizant and very aware of everything around you from every moving leaf to, you know, insect, butterfly, it gets, grabs your attention because that could be the kind of flitter that you need to spot this bird. So I guess that's where the term twitching came from. It's like we're all twitching, kind of taking notice of, of what's going on around us. But Certainly, when I'm out there birding, whether it's Cape Clear, Mizzen Head, Clannacilty, um, I you know it's nice to be a bit removed from 
the the day job and the political life, and that's exactly um, that's the way I find it is is that you're you're in the moment, uh, you're looking for that rare species of bird, and it kind of it's it's all consuming. So it's it's nice to have that escape. Not not everybody does have that um, hobby or have that option to. That, that bit of escapism, I'm glad that I, that I do have it on my doorstep. I just want to clarify again, you remember a Fianna Fáil, not the Green Party? Yeah, listen, Fianna, Charles Haughey, didn't he um, establish the uh, marine protected zone for dolphins around Ireland? We've always had strong uh, beliefs in terms of biodiversity. So uh, yeah, still remember the, the, the Fianna Fáil party and I intend to be too for, for a long while to come. All right, let's get to your Culture Club choices. That's probably the most unusual start to the Culture Club <laughs> that we've had, but one of the most interesting as well. We go to music because we always like to know what the first single people will remember buying or will admit to buying. What's your choice? Yeah, it's it's, uh, it's Puff Daddy featuring Jimmy Page, the, the Led Zeppelin Hendrix, and uh, I believe the, the single is called Come With Me. Not something, looking back at it, that I'm particularly proud of because I, I certainly... Uh, rap or Sean Coombs isn't an artist that I would have followed a lot since then. I was looking at what year it came out. It was 98, which means I was 16. Uh, I thought I've had a bit more sense uh, at that age, you know, to to, to um, go down that route. But I guess it shows how influenced we all are by, by pop culture at the time when we were teens. I used to love that show, um, Top 30 Hits. It was something that I used to watch very regularly every week. Um, and that that was number one at the time, I think. I went out and bought it, thought it was great at the time. Everybody else was listening to it. Um, you know, again, as I said, I wouldn't be a massive fan of Sean Coombs. But having said that, there is that guitar riff from from Jimmy Page. I think it comes from the Led Zeppelin song Cashmere. And I did kind of go down the rock and roll route after. So it, I guess it does make sense from that point of view. I'm probably proud of the fact that the first album I bought was... We'll get to the okay. album because we need yeah, to hear okay. a bit. And I don't know whether we've got that magnificent riff from Cashmere, which is one of the great rock songs of all time by Led Zeppelin. Let's hear a bit of Puff Daddy and Jimmy Page, Come At Me. But you know, we've had way worse choices as for a single over the years in Culture Club. It's can, not bad at all. I can just uh, hear Zeppelin fans screaming at the radio like, well, why did why did Zeppelin <laughs> let them ruin that track? You know, but um, yeah, look, it's, it's. Uh, I don't regret it. You know, it's uh, listening to that riff is pretty cool. I must say it's a, it's a great guitar riff. Your favourite album is something that was out long before you were born, The Beatles and Magical Mystery Tour. Yeah, this is, um, a, lot, a lot of these questions are, tough to answer Matt as you can imagine because there's so many favourites and uh, 
with, with me, it was always going to be a Beatles album and it was always going to be between Magical Mystery Tour and um, Abbey Road because of the, the tracks on, on those albums. I came late to the Beatles, um, as you can tell by <laughs> my first choice of track, but I came late to the Beatles, but when I discovered the unbelievable variety of, of tracks, of albums that they produced over their very short tenure, you know, it's just, it's something that I've always been into and I've, I've, I will continue to be into for the rest of my life. I have a musical enough family. I have a brother-in-law who's a musician, who's a busker. He also writes music. And I remember when I started discovering the greatness of the Beatles was uh, we, we would have these family gatherings and Les would get out the guitar and he played um, he played a bit of uh, Here Comes the Sun. And um, I remember the, he would play Dylan tracks as well, but he played Here Comes the Sun. And I had to ask myself, what is that? That, that song is stunning. It's beautiful. You know, just it was uplifting and, and it kind of washes over you. And he said, that's the Beatles. And I felt kind of embarrassed the fact that I didn't know that was the Beatles. And another time he played um, something, uh, Harrison, um, uh, George Harrison's uh, beautiful song, something. Um, and again, it was just, you know, I, I realised that that, that when, when I did realise it was the Beatles, I realised, OK, I need to delve further into this. And I did. Um, and now, you know, I, I, all the albums. I mean, you ask ten different Beatles fans what their favorite album is, and they'll come up with ten different answers. But for me, it's it's either Abbey Road or Magical Mystery Tour because I think the finishing tracks to to that album, certainly the second half from from I Am the Walrus, then you have this kind of uh, songwriting competition between um, between Lennon and McCartney, where Lennon comes out with um, Strawberry Fields, McCartney answers it with Penny Lane, and then it finishes with probably one of the most positive and truthful songs of all time and that is all you need is love because that's all you need Matt is, is love so it's it's uh, it's just um, it's a stunning album That's not the one we have though you mentioned it already we're going to play a little bit of I Am The Walrus Sitting on a from Magical Mystery Tour which you've got me interested in going back and listening to that again so Chris O'Sullivan is a Fianna Fáil TD for Cork South West one of our political contributors in the month of January to the Culture Club the Beatles clearly you're among your favourite bands but the Rollos who else would you nominate? Yeah could you even you were enjoying the the um, I Am The Walrus there Matt you know it's, it's just the Lennon at his best you know Yellow Miller 
custard dripping from a dead dog's eye. His lyricist, his lyrical genius was amazing. Um, but yeah, I mean, th- that whole era of rock, I mean, what it must have been like to experience that, to be in the middle of it. Um, and I'm kind of stuck in this vortex of kind of 60s, 70s rock bands that um, I'm finding it hard to get out of actually in, in that I rarely now listen to to newer music. I'm sure there's some fantastic artists out there, but I'm stuck in that kind of, I won't call it a rut because it's quite a positive thing to be in between the Beatles, Pink Floyd, um, you know, The Who, Rolling Stones. It's That's my go-to. And even when someone tries to introduce me to a new group, um, they're, they're the groups that I, I tend to go back to. You do um, have Radiohead on your list. I have Radiohead, well. which is, you know, as kind of current as it gets. But when, you you know, they were big in the in the 90s, which uh, isn't that, um, it's a good while ago. No, you know, so, I mean, I, again, it's, and, and I think they they did break the mold. I mean, I remember my um, sister buying the Benz album uh, that was out in 95. And that had things like High Enjoying It. It had um, Fake Plastic Watering Can, Fake Plastic Trees. Still possibly their best album. Stunning album. I would go for OK Computer, which which is the follow-up album to that because I guess it was a bit more trippy. It was a bit more out there. It had things like Airbag and Subterranean Homesick Aliens. Um, and I just love that kind of music. I also love movie music. And I think the fact that Johnny Greenwood, uh, who was so influential in Radiohead, went on to to be a movie composer as well. You know, he, he, he wrote the music for uh, things like There Will Be Blood. I think that makes sense, and it's you probably notice as well in the in the choices with the likes of Pink Floyd, even the Beatles, uh, who were probably at their time one of the most, um, you know, they experimented, they experimented music. Radiohead did the same, um, and Pink Floyd probably pushed it out there more than anyone else. In well, that, it's, it is. We actually have a Pink Floyd track, and the Wall, their album from nineteen seventy nine, was also turned into a, a movie, which Bob Geldof was part of. So let's hear from it, comfortably numb. seeing that movie in the Capitol Cinema in the Grand Parade in Cork at the time it came out. Yeah, I've never seen it. Never seen it. So I, I must watch it. But uh, you just cut out the guitar solo there, which was one of the best You can see, I mean, it, it was. It must have been, listening to that at the time uh, in the or late 60s, early 70s must have been amazing. To, to That's late 70s. The wall was 70, around 79, yeah. yeah. That, that kind of era, it just must have been incredible to be at the forefront of all that and, and, and listening to the 
that just experimentation type of music. And and what I liked about Pink Floyd as well, with you know Shine On You Crazy Diamond, Wish You Were Here, they dealt with issues like mental health. Um, but in this, they kind of always took you out of your comfort zone. There was a, a slight feeling of uncomfort, but um, at the same time, the, the music, as you hear there for, with that track, is just gorgeous. And given your love of guitars and electric guitars, the best gig you were ever at was at the Clonakilty International Guitar Festival. Tell us about Electric Eel Shock. I, I'm not sure what I can tell you about them, Matt, because I've never heard of them since. Uh, I I've don't I've know if they still exist or if they're still together, but... It was, you know, I've been to festivals, you know, I've been to things like Body and Soul, Oxygen and, um, you know, I don't have many memories from them. Not for the reasons you might think, Matt, you know, they they just... (laughs) You saw my look there, yeah. They they didn't have, uh, there was no standout moments, but we're lucky in Clannacilty. And this isn't being parochial, this is genuine from the heart. We have this incredible um, festival every year, every September, the Clannacilty International Guitar Festival, where we're exposed to international artists. I mean, we, it goes from things like Mongolian throat singing, I remember a couple of years ago, to... <laughs> to what, sorry? To Mongolian throat singing. I won't try and replicate it, but um, it was it was just incredible um, to John Spillane. John Spillane has like almost a residency there every year and is always packed and, and the gigs happen in things like the local butchers, um, the local takeaway. And then obviously we're lucky to have two of the great music venues in the bars and, and Shanley's as well. And I remember... If, you know, seven or eight years ago, now this uh, group from Japan uh, called Electric Eel Shop, and um, they they had the Saturday night slot, which was the big one, and they absolutely blew the roof off the place. Nobody knew the songs, nobody could sing along, but the I I remember as well distinctly that the lead guitarist was adorned in, I believe, a sock and and nothing else. Um, so <laughs> you know, leave that to your imagination. Um, but they just rocked the place, and I remember thinking, I'm so lucky. You know. When you're in Dublin and and you're living in Dublin, you have access to all these great music venues like Vicker Street or, or um, you know, Whelan's in Clannacilty, the small town, five thousand people. We have this uh, these incredible venues. You know, we like to call it the Rock Triangle between Clannacilty, Ballady Hall, where they've Leavises, and then Lep, where they've Connellys. Where we attract these big names, whether it's you know Christy Moore, and of course you had Jimi Hendrix who. Who attracted so many people under Jimi Hendrix was the basis with, uh, or sorry, no writing, no writing, no writing the yeah. basis with, Jimmy with Hendrix. Jimi Hendrix. Noel, Noel set up shop in Clannacilty, and that brought with it, as someone described to me, it was like a black and white tapestry, and Noel writing came along with the color, and the color just filled um, the whole area of West Cork. We've actually got a bit of electric eel shock playing. We've managed to find rock and roll can rescue the world. Okay, fantastic. <laughs> Every day, every night, I like Ramon And a Bob and a John and a Jimmy and a Stevie Wishbone, wishbone Let's talk about your
can beat Nirvana Much more the presence of USA I pray faster than anybody I love it. Electric Eel Shock. <laughs> they played to Paris at the Clonakilty International Guitar Festival previously. One of the choices, Christopher O'Sullivan, Fianna Fáil TD for Cork Southwest, who's our guest on the Culture Club. And we'll come back with the non-musical choices after this short break. Welcome back. Christopher O'Sullivan is with us. Fianna Fáil TD for Cork Southwest, who's given us some fantastic musical choices as part of the Culture Club. So let's get on to movies. And uh, you've gone for the Lord of the Rings trilogy. Yeah, again, really difficult um, choice to make your favourite movie of all time because it always changes. And, you know, I always find that um, I'm a big fan of maybe performances and, and, and certain actors and, you know, like so Kate Blanchett, who is in this, you know, I, I've just enjoyed everything that she's done and a you know, big fan of Marilyn Brando, um, big fan of Daniel Day-Lewis. But um, yeah, it came down to this. And I, I, the reason I chose this, I guess, is that it's probably the movie that I've watched most uh, in my life I, I, I must have watched it 20 to 30 times at this stage and This is how it goes you have The Lord of the Rings The Fellowship of the Ring and The Two Towers Yeah so this, The Fellowship of the Ring was the first in the trilogy then you had The Two Towers and, and uh, The Return of the King was kind of the lazy third in the uh, part of the trilogy but the, those first two movies and particularly The Fellowship um, it was just it, it had everything it was new it had action it had um, you know incredible new CGI uh, that you know probably hadn't been experimented with before. Um, it's just it's one of the most quotable movies I think of all of all time. It's a quest. It's an adventure, and you know you could have gone for a whole range of kind of more arty movies or Irish movies like The Field or you know things like Pulp Fiction. Love them all. I'm a big movie fan, but I think it, it keeps coming back to this one because this is the one that um, I will sit down and watch time and time again. You mentioned Kate Blanchett, so here she's narrating from the opening of The Fellowship of the Rings. And nine, nine rings were gifted to the race of men who above all else desire power. For within these rings was bound the strength and will to govern each race. But they were all of them deceived, for another ring was made. In the land of Mordor, in the fires of Mount Doom, the Dark Lord Sauron forged in secret a master ring to control all others. And into this ring, he poured his cruelty, his malice, and his will to dominate all life. One ring to rule them all. One by one, the free lands of Middle-earth fell to the power of the ring. But there were some who resisted. Did you come to it on the back of the Tolkien books? Watch the movies first, would you believe? Yeah, watch, watch the movies first and then I read the Tolkien books after. So I guess reading the books was certainly, uh, I suppose, influenced by the fact that I'd watched the movies first. But no, I, I watched the movies first and I don't regret it that way. I'm glad that it happened that way because I, there are certain, uh, I suppose, fans of the books who were perhaps slightly disappointed in terms of how it was um, how, how it was turned into something for the big screen but I, I absolutely loved it and, and uh, I'll watch it time and time again and it, kind of, it launched the career certainly I, I know Kate Blanchett had a, a career before that but um, like Sophie Go Mortensen went on you know fantastic um, acting in their own right and the music the music uh, by Howard Shore is uh, I'm a big movie music fan as well and the, the music in, in, in that movie was uh, absolutely incredible Do you get time to read? Not as much in in terms of like my my time is either spent reading 
Iraqis reports or legislation um, or climate action plans. Um, but any spare time that I have to read is usually read studying up on uh, the rare gulls of the Western Palearctic or the uh, waders of North America, some kind of bird book. I mean, that's what my bookshelf is, is full of. So I don't get time to read as much fiction or, or history as I'd, I'd like. You have picked a book for us, The Natural History of Cape Clear by Steve Wing. Steve Wing, yeah. And, uh, Aptly named. Yeah, exactly. So Steve Wing is the warden on, on Cape Clear. He's the bird warden, the bird watcher and the bird warden. And the reason I, I picked this, I absolutely loved it, first and foremost. It's not going to have a broad, um, I suppose, attraction right across your listenership, Matt, I'd imagine. But as I said, kind of at the start, there's a small group of, a small community out there of birders, bird watchers, twitchers, and we all know each other. We all stick together. I don't think we get enough um, airtime or attention. So I said, this is a great opportunity to speak about that. But the book is 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 about uh, Cape Clear. And as I said, birders, what we do every spring and autumn is we take to, to the headlands, we take to the islands, and we, we're looking for these rare birds, which is an odd hobby, I suppose, for, for most people as you look in at it, but it's so rewarding. And the Mecca, one of the Meccas in, in all of Europe for that is Cape Clear, this small island about three miles long off the West Cork coast. And um, this is where the stuff of dreams happens if you're into the uh, bird watching world. And this book basically, it documents that from, from the start when they first opened the observatory in 59 up to now, you know, it, the the book itself is kind of um, intertwined with these stories um, and retelling of birders who may have found the first, uh, you know, veery in, in Ireland or the first uh, rare thrush that had ever been seen in, in Ireland. So it's kind of, for for a birder, it, it ticks all the boxes. It's not going to have broad appeal, as I said, but um, for me, it, it just kind of retells the magic of this magical island, really. That's a good reason as any. Favourite play or show or musical? Yeah, so I'm a big fan of, of musical theatre. Um, uh, I, I think it came from, from my sister, uh, Pauline. She, she passed away a, a number of years ago, but she was a, a music fanatic and she was a music teacher. And she was responsible in, in her local school, the, the Conference of Mercy and Clan. She was uh, for directing and producing the, the plays. So we had a house full of uh, people singing, you know, tunes from Oliver, you know, uh, Sound of Music, um, Fiddler on the Roof, Oklahoma, you name it. This was my whole entire childhood was filled with this music and it stayed with me uh, and it absolutely stayed with me uh, for, and for that reason I've, I've chosen two I've chosen West Side Story um, you know Leonard Bernstein's uh, masterpiece uh, and also uh, Andrew Lloyd Webber's Phantom of the Opera um, I think the West Side Story and, and the remake was fantastic as well but I, the, the original movie the 61 movie was uh, you know what a breath of fresh air for me you know the, even the opening sequences where you had these it was obviously the room retelling of the Romeo and Juliet story, but um, you had these uh, start. You have this gang of of young men, and they start clicking their fingers, and then they break into this kind of jazz ballet number. Um, but I just thought it was wonderful, and the music is incredible. The songs will will stand the test of time. You know, you have Maria, obviously America. Um, you know, you've uh, somewhere all these tracks that you know are everybody's very familiar with. So it's certainly that 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 would be that would be it for me. Well, we actually have a little clip from the 1961 movie version of West Side Story. Natalie Wood and Richard Baymeyer in this. Maria, shh. Maria, quiet. Come down. No, Maria. My mother and father will wake up. Just for a minute. A minute is not enough. For an hour then. I cannot. Then forever. Shh. 
coming up. Maria. Momentito, Papa. Now see what you've done. Momentito, Maria. Cállate. Shh. It is dangerous. If Bernardo knew. We will let him know. I'm not one of them, Maria. But you are not one of us. And I am not one of you. To me, you're all the beautiful. Maruca. See, si, ya vengo, Papa. pet name for me. <laughs> I like him. And he will like me. No. He's like Bernardo. Afraid. <laughs> Imagine being afraid of you. You see? I see you. Oh, Maria, see only me. Only you. You're the only thing I'll see forever in my eyes, in my words and in everything I do Just a little bit of it. Yeah, I must say I had a massive crush on Natalie Wood as well after seeing that for the first time. Uh, she was gorgeous but yeah, it, it's 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 beautiful and, and like the, I think the, the world of, of musical theatre is having a much broader range now, you know, it wasn't seen as, as macho or whatever to be into musical theatre but things like Moulin Rouge uh, the Greatest Showman. A lot of my friends know it, they'd rank it as, as one of their top movies. It's really starting to have a broader appeal, which I think is fantastic. Okay, let's go to favourite television. We also, like we asked for a first single, we asked for the television you loved as a child or teenager. And you picked Ali McBeal. Yeah. <laughs> Ali McBeal, I, I, it was my dream to be a, um, a lawyer. Uh, and I think it came from watching too much Matlock and then later life, Ali McBeal, which is something I, you know, I'd have been in. Uh, third year, fourth year, and just used to to to, to love. Um, you know, the, each each episode obviously had a different narrative, a different story, but it was always you know Ali going in representing the um, criminal who perhaps was impossible to represent, uh, and always finding a kind of a positive side to it. And I just remember thinking, yeah, that's what I want to do. So I went away and I studied law in in UL. Uh, then when I came to realise that in, in Ireland law was uh, you know both things like conveyancy and and uh, property sales and that kind of thing it, it you know I, t- I took a different path but um, no Ali McBeal was a whole lot of fun I still you know watch an episode from time to time Well we have a clip which also features Callista Flockhart with Robert Downey Jr and Sting There you go Please I, I really just want to go can you can you all just let me go Oh, okay, what the hell is this? Is this dark?
we didn't get much of Christopher Flockhart and Robert Downey Jr. on that lot of sting. Listen, we're near, we're out of time, so I just want to get your favourite up-to-date TV show, which, given what movies you selected, probably isn't a surprise. Yeah, look, you can tell that I'm into the world of fantasy, but Game of Thrones, I think the first four seasons of Game of Thrones were the best TV of all time, bar none. It's a shame that it fell apart towards the end, I think, when um, George R. Martin pulled away from the writing, you could tell, but the the, the character development, the dialogue uh, of those first four um, seasons were, I, I'd be hard to beat them, I think. A bit like the internal politics of Fianna Fáil, is it? Yeah, I... Game of Thrones is great. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, thank you, Christopher O'Sullivan, Fianna Fáil TD for Cork Southwest for continuing our series of politicians doing the Culture Club. It's been great having you. Thank you very much. The Last Word with Matt Cooper. Today FM. It all happens here.